Hello, and welcome back to American Political Paradise. Today is Sunday, October 24th, 2021. Today we're going to be talking about, according to CNN Politics article, a key cabinet role isn't filled nine months into Biden's President Biden's presidency. Here's why that matters. By Kate Sullivan, CNN, updated 7.35 p.m. EDT Eastern World Time Zone, October 24, 2021. So nine months after taking office, President Joe Biden still doesn't have a permanent director of a critical agency in his administration. The last cabinet level position that hasn't been filled is the director of the Office of Management and Budget, an agency that not many Americans are familiar with, but is an incredibly powerful part of the federal government. Shalanda Young has been serving as acting director since March, since March, after the White House pulled Nera Tendon's nomination for her for the role because because she didn't have enough support in the Senate. Tandon was named as the White House Sec- Staff Secretary on Friday. When you quote, when you're a substitute teacher, no matter how good you are as an educator, 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 you're you're still limited in your ability to have full the full range of impact that you really, really want. Unquote. Matt Steyer, president of Partnership for Public Service, a non-profit, non-partisan good governance organization towards CNN. Steyer said, quote, anybody who cares about anything that the government sh- does should care about who runs o- OMB, Office of Management and Budget. And having a temporary or an active individual is not enough. The lack of a permanent director at the agency has become more noticeable as Democrats look to use the budget reconciliation process to pass a centerpiece of Biden's domestic agenda, a potentially multi-trillion dollar package to span the nation's social safety net. OMB oversees all budget development and execution and significant significant influence over the president's agenda. Democrats also face a December 3rd government funding deadline and appropriations process that, to this point, hasn't yielded any significant bipartisan breakthroughs that would clear the way for an all-encompassing four-year package by that date. The agency runs point on the administration's government funding priorities and efforts. Some experts have stressed the importance of having a leader in the top post who has been officially nominated and confirmed by the Senate, arguing that while acting directors can still perform the full range of official duties, they lack the full weight of a permanent title. Steyer described OMB as the nerve, nerve center of our government, which gets different agencies and offices to work in tandem to add or together together to address issues like COVID-19 pandemic, the climate crisis, or national security issues. 
In addition to budget development and execution, OMB refused refuse, refuse an array of policies and, and rules that the federal government. These are good, but the vice presidents of public citizen and non-profit consumer advocacy organization know that while Young is certainly able to wield the power and is qualified to do so, there is some heft and importance of having the title. A White House official told CNN, Acting Director Young has been an incredibly effective leader of OMB and is playing a vital role as part of the senior team that's working to deliver deliver, deliver pres- the president's economic agenda, agenda, including both a bipartisan infrastructure deal and build back better. OMB has been in good hands under her leadership and what conti- it will continue to play a key role and central role in the administration's work. Young would be taking away time away from the office when her daughter is born in the next few weeks, an agency spokesperson told CNN. While she is away, Young would continue to hold the position of acting director or delegate or delegate day-to-day responsibilities to Deputy Director for Management Jason Miller, according to spokesperson. spokesperson. After Tandon's nomination fell fell through, many Democrats on Capitol Hill pushed for Young, whom whom Biden had nominated as deputy director to give a top job. In particular, the Congressional Black Caucus rallied behind her, as did House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and her entire House Democratic leadership team. Young was the first black woman to serve as staff director for Democrats on the House Appropriations Committee and has received praise from both Republican and Democratic members of Congress for her work in that role. She has also fit well into a close-knit and, in many cases, long-serving team of advisors to Biden, according according to multiple officials, leading many to speculate that it was only a matter of time before she was nominated for the Senate-confirmed top job. But as we know now, she's still acting acting director of the Office of Management and Budget, which is important in the President's administration, you might, because it, they control, they control as, I'll, as we'll find out later, they basically the people that come for, uh, help the President and his administration pass laws with, with economic effects. Like, they say, oh, it, can, it should be this amount of money or this amount of money. But there has also been pressure to for the president to nominate an Asian American for, for the role. Asian American leaders have urged Biden to pick Nanny Coloretti, who has served as Deputy Secretary of Housing and Urban development in the Obama administration and is of Filipino descent. Shoko Noramshan, the founder and chairman of AAPI Victory Fund, a political national committee that focuses, focuses on mobilizing Asian American and Pacific Islander eligible voters, says 
his group has continued to quietly press the White House to nominate Colarity. He told CNN, the White House now has told him that Colarity is a top contender for the post. And he says he is hopeful Colarity, Colarity will ultimately get the nomination. Many Asian American leaders are frustrated by lack of Asian American and Pacific Island representation in the cabinet. Tandon, who is of Indian descent, would have been the first Asian American woman to lead OMB. I get that even frustrated, but you need people who are experienced. And I mean, I get that they want they want experience and diversity. Diversity is all we should care about diversity. But at the same time, we need people who have experience in that field of work and that, especially in politics these days. We don't need someone like Alejandro Mayorkas, who seemed like he doesn't really know what he's doing or related to, related to a border crisis that's going on right now. And he seemed like he just, he just went to a, a person at Biden. He went to, he recently tested COVID, positive for COVID after being at a President Biden event where he was seen maskless even when even while President Biden was maskless and just shows you how they rules are the the but not for me. Especially when it comes to COVID with President Biden and all the politicians, especially with Democrats. So they act like they're just wearing a mask out out in public to just to just so that they can Show that they care about it, but in reality, in pub in private, they might not not care about how they might not wear masks in in private because they think they're they're better than us and everything, especially in politics. But anyway, it says here on the scene in Archer and Joseph O'Connor, law professor at at Stanford Law School. Says that generally acting officials have the same former authority as a confirmed official for a job, but that acting officials may have less practical or functional power. Quote, because they are not confirmed to specific position, they don't have the same statute in practice, that they, and that can have effects in terms of the people underneath them. It can have effects effects in terms of how members of Congress feel feel about them. It can also depend, of course, on relationship, relationships. can also matter to White House, O'Connor towards CNN. But O'Connor notes that Young was picked by the president to be deputy director and confirmed by the Senate for that role, so she believes in it, and that, in this case, the former authority and practical authority are very similar. She also notes that the acting directors can typ- typically only serve for so long because of limitations set in the federal vacancies reform act of 1998. But in this case, there's no time limit. O'Con- O'Connor said there's a specific provision for OMB, Office of Management and Budget, that states when the director and deputy Deputy director are absent or unable to serve, or when the offices of director and deputy director are vacant, the president may designate 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 an officer or the office to act as director. 
So that's just what the scene in Arcus is. I'm going to explain what, according to White House or some other sources, what the Office of Management and Budget is essentially to the to Biden administration and every administration that has every president's administration. So according to the White House office, no, according to the WhiteHouse.gov, you can find information about about the Office of Management and Budget. The it says here on WhiteHouse.gov, the Office of Management and Budget, OMB, serves for the President of the United States in overseeing the implementation or implementing or putting the laws into effect, implementation of his or her vision across the executive branch. OMB's mission is to sit, assist the president in meeting policy, meeting policy, budget, management, and regulatory objectives to fulfill, fulfill the agency's statutory responsibilities. So it says, uh, yeah. Okay, so it's also this says for White House White House.gov website also says the Office of Management and Budget oversees the implementation of the president's vision across the executive branch, but also says the OMB carries out its mission through five main functions across executive departments and agencies. Number one, budget development and execution. Number two, management including oversight of agency performance, procurement, financial management, and information technology. Number three, coordination of and review with view of all significant federal regulations from executive agencies, private privacy policy, information policy, and review of an assessment of information collection requests, and number four, clearance and coordination of legislative and other materials, including agency testimony, legislative proposals, and other communications with Congress, and coordination of other presidential actions. And then number five, clearance of presidential executive orders and memoranda to agency heads prior to the issuance. So the OMB is like basically they're allowed to say yes or no to a person to a second order. So they were the ones who, in beginning of in, uh, in beginning of president's president of Biden's administration, they said no, you can't do this a second action that you want to do. Or they said yes, you can cancel all of the border wall contracts that Trump had in place and that were rightly so placed under the Trump administration, in my belief. But they said they basically allowed him to me- write or issue memorandums, which I tried to look at that, what they are. And then I think it's like, uh, basically like a memo to agency he- heads. But Wikipedia, which is, I think is pretty reliable, even though it's it can be edited by anybody. It says, uh, the Office of Management and Budget is the largest office within the Executive Office of the President of the United States, EOP. 
OM, OMB's most prominent function is to produce the president's budget, but also assignments, agency programs, policies, and procedures to see if they comply with the president's policies and coordinates interagency policy initiatives. So it was formed, oh, the, uh, the Office of Management and Budget was formed July 1st, 1970, 51 years ago. The, it was it used to be called the Bureau of the Budget. But, and then it has 529 employees, an annual, annual budget of 992.8 million dollars according to the fiscal year of 2011. And then its parent agency is the Executive Office of the President of the United States. And then child agencies listed under it are the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs, the Office of the Intellectual Property Enforcement Coordinator, Office of E-Government and Information Technology, Office of Federal Financial Management, and Office of Federal Procurement Policy. Since history, the Bureau of the Budget, OMB's predecessor, was established in 1921 as part of the Department of the Treasury by the Budget and Accounting Act of 1921, which President Warren G. Harding signed into law. The Bureau of the Budget was moved to Executive Office of the President in 1939. It was then run by or managed by Harold D. Smith during the government's rapid expansion of spending during World War II. James L. Sundquist, a staffer at the Bureau of the Budget, which used to be what is now known as Office of Management and Budget, called the relationship between the President and the Bureau extremely close and subsequent Bureau directors, politicians, and not public administrators. And then the Bureau was recognized in, into the Office of Management and Budget in 1970 during the Nixon administration. The first OMB including Roy Ash, Head, Paul O'Neill, Assistant Director, Fred Malik, Deputy Director, Frank Serb, Assistant Director, and two dozen others. Okay, so in the 1990s, OMB was reorganized to move, remove its distinction between management staff and budgetary staff by combining the dual roles into each given program examiner within the resource management offices. So I won't go into all the details, but uh, so Charles D. G. Dales or D. A. W. E. S. was the was the first director of what used to be Bureau of Dep- of Bureau of Budget in under Warren G. Harding, and the one who's serving 
Okay, so the the one who who was acting director before Shalinda Young was Rob Fairweather, and he served from night, January twentieth, two thousand twenty-one through March twentieth, through March twenty-fourth to two thousand twenty-one, and that's when Shalinda Young took over, according to Wikipedia. And it's essentially good that we have a an agency within the federal government, like the Office of Management and Budget, to hold the agency within the, the federal government accountable to make sure to see if the if, to see if the agencies and the programs and to see first of all, it's to see if the if everybody within the federal government like recycle, like all the cabinet. Within the, the each department of the cabinet, uh, of the of the uh, of the of a president, comply with the president's policies and coordinates interagency policy initiatives, according to Wikipedia. But it's helping to show that the federal government works smoothly, even in the midst of the dark times that that each secretary may have the troubles that the media doesn't always seem to talk about. But it's a good thing we have it in my mind because what what if we didn't have this, then we won't really have a budget process for all the person's laws that he's trying to put out, especially with these, especially with this uh, build back better social spending measure that Biden and his and his administration and all the uh, and Chuck Schumer, a Senate majority leader in the Senate and. Nancy Pelosi are trying to sell to American people and to the progressive and moderates that aren't, aren't like Senate, like Senate Kirsten Cinema and and Joe Manchin of West Virginia that aren't quite there with the with the Build Back Better social spending measure that they are probably going to pass with through a part legislative legislative process called reconciliation where you don't need. 50 or 60 votes to move the bill forward because of the filibuster that's still in place in Congress right now. So it's important to understand what the Office of Management and Budget does in the United States because if not, then you might know, might not know how the agency heads of each department within the cabinet are held or hold or held to to their, the policies that President Biden and each president has or puts out and puts forth to American people and to his uh, each agency head. That's what if President Biden one day says, oh, I want to open the border, or in the next day he says, I want to close the border, which isn't re- like he's not doing it. He's really just right now he's just open, letting the border be open, and the, the Secretary of Homeland Security. Alejandro Mayorkas says it's closed, even though we've had a lot of influx of immigrants and migrants coming into our border because of this administration's border policies. But that's a different issue. So it's really just a matter of having accountability and making sure that each department has their budget consisted and staying for each department to hold their budget 
to what they are using within each department and everything, I would think. But it's just what it seems like a good idea that they that uh it was established that it was established by the department as part of the Department of the Treasury by the Budget and Accounting Accounting Act nineteen twenty one, which President Warren G. Harding signed into law in nineteen twenty one. So it's a good thing that President Former President Warren G. Harding signed into law because I don't know what we would do without an office of management and budget. And even people that might criticize Biden or Trump or Obama or George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, all the former presidents, including President Biden, might say, why do we need this office? But obviously why we need accountability within each department of the federal government and especially when we're Putting when the president of the United States is putting forth legislation, and I think that's essentially what they're trying to do with the with the office of management and budget. So it's, I mean, it talks about how its main it's the six main positions within OM office of management and budget: the director, the deputy director, the deputy director for management. And the administrators of the Office of Information Regulatory Affairs, the Office of Federal Procurement Policy, and the Office of Federal Financial Management are presidentially, presidentially appointed and Senate confirmed positions, according to Wikipedia. And talks about how, uh, if you go on Wikipedia and talk and search, I imagine if you search on Wikipedia, the Office of Management Budget, it talks about how it's a rule of executive budget process with laws and everything. And then it talks about suspension and department, debarment. It says here, the Interagency Suspension and Debarment Committee, ISTC, was created as an OMB committee by President Ronald Reagan's Executive Order 1250. 549 in 1986 for the purpose of monitoring the implementation of the order. This order order mandates executive departments and agencies to participate in a government-wide suspension and debarment system and also issues regulations for government-wide criteria minimum due process Procedures when debarring or suspending participants, and also send debarred and suspended participants identifying information to the General Services Administration for inclusion in, on a list of excluded persons known, now known as the System for Award Management by SAM. So that's a little bit interesting more about it. I mean. And it goes with every president has to nominate has to nominate a director of the office of but management and budget. Because how else are they gonna have like are they gonna have uh are they gonna have a I guess you could say a person to that oversees all the management of the administration or the agencies and the budget process and of the laws being passed within the budget of each 
in a department of eight the agencies within the cabinet. So it's kind of interesting, like, for example, it, according to Wikipedia, Barack Obama had, like, let's see, I think he had, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven acting directors, it looked like. And while Trump only had, like, one, two, three, and Biden has not, doesn't have a, he has, he has had two, he has had two acting directors of the Office of Management and Budget, but he's not had one of them confirmed yet. So that is all for today's episode. I strongly encourage you to research the Office of Management and Budget if you have your own time to, if you choose to. That is fine. It's totally up to you. But this is an important part that President Biden has just not ha- been able to get someone in the office and confirmed. Office of bu- Management and Budget. So thank you for listening and we're, uh, have a great day. Thank you.